and welcome to Cruisin' for a Reviewsin', the podcast where I get a friend to watch a Tom Cruise movie they've never seen before and then review it with me. I'm your host, Cara Westworth, and today I'm joined by my wonderful friend, Dave Callan. Hello, lovely to be here. Can I say that I believe Cruisin' for a Reviewsin' is probably the best named podcast for reviewing the films of a certain person, and you've nailed it. Nailed it. Thank you so much. I, that means a lot to me. Uh, I didn't come up with a title, unfortunately. A friend just said it as a bit of a joke, and I was like, hilarious. And that's Oh, that's great. Stuck. I was wondering which came first. Uh, yeah, no, I when I thought of the idea, I was like, I, I had no idea. I was like, I was just going to call it Tom Cruise <laughs> Reviews, which is why yeah. all my social media is Tom Cruise Reviews. But yeah, thankfully, someone else smarter and funnier than me came up with the idea of cruising for a reviews in. Nailed it. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about the movie that we reviewed. So we we watched it separately. I watched it last night for the second time in my life and you've already watched it for the first time. We've, we mm. picked it very specifically and I'll let you talk about that if you'd like, but it's called Far and Away. It was made in 1992. It was directed by Ron Howard and it stars Tom Cruise, obviously, and Nicole Kidman, who they had only been married for a very short amount of time, I believe, when this movie was made. Basically, if I was to sum it up really quickly, it would be that they both did it as an excuse to give each other fuck eyes the entire time and, <laughs> and that's about it uh what were your like before we get into it what were your thoughts on the movie yeah i watched it with my dad earlier this week and he fell asleep which isn't Ooh. a great not a great review then again he falls asleep uh, in most movies so then it's not that bad really i uh, had to get past the horrific irish accents that was a big stumbling block for me mm-hmm. um but it's it's an interesting film it's basically your traditional story of boy meets girl girl stabs boy in the leg with a giant fork boy tries to shoot <clears throat> girl's dad in the face with a gun which comically explodes in his own face girl <laughs> nurses boy back to health while sneaking a quick look at his junk under some tupperware uh, girl's suitor tries to shoot boy in a jewel. Girl rescues boy, takes him to Boston, stealing her mother's spoons, trying to sell them. They get lost. Boy becomes a prize fighter to try and support them both. Boy stuffs up prize fighter role with the local gangsters. Boy and girl get thrown out onto the street, go into an abandoned mansion. The owners come back at that exact moment and shoot girl in back. Girl recovers and boy, together with her, go to Oklahoma and take part in the Great Land Rush, which is a real thing. Boy gets crushed by horse. Boy comes back to life just like his dad does and uh, they live happily ever after that, you know, that, 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 kind, classic of, that tale. kind of story yeah that classic <laughs> tale exactly all right well now that we've reviewed the film uh we're done we can uh, get out of here now uh, we were just <laughs> we've just talked about how this movie like as i was writing notes i had to keep pausing it because i'm like oh so much just happened and then when mm. you sum it up like that actually not much happens like yeah it's, absolutely it's wild do you know yeah the new york times this is the new york times review because I, I i read uh, some other reviews in preparation for my cruising for reviews and podcast appearance and the new york times said this it's a story of a young irish couple who go to boston and then it said underneath big snooze <laughs> how's it about that Big snooze. It's like they never show that on the video or the DVD cover. It's like New York Times, big snooze. But it kind of is. It's way longer than it needs to be. It is... Two, two hours and 15 minutes. It's got a huge runtime. And I know, noted uh, when I researched it a little bit that um, ABC in America in 1996 restored 35 minutes of deleted scenes. So it could be two hours over two nights, like two hour, two, two hour blocks. Thank like, God they did that. Oh my goodness. Could you imagine? It just wasn't, there wasn't enough. Wasn't enough fuck eyes. <laughs> 
it's so oh god so, okay well let's get into it before we um okay. ruin it and trash it completely oh, yeah. i will say i don't hate this movie mm. like i i can watch it and i don't like i don't want to fall asleep and i also never ever would i have watched this if tom cruise were not in it like yeah okay yeah i want to start with obviously that it starts in west ireland in 1892 basically they start off with summing up the movie and why everyone's pissed off with a little uh blurb at the start um the tenant farmers after generations of oppression and poverty have begun to rebel against the unfair rents and cruel evictions imposed upon them by their wealthy landlords which was definitely a real thing that happened it also made me realize i'm very thankful to have not been born in ireland in the 1800s uh things looked <laughs> it was fucking dire like they lived in a sod hut mm. and basically it starts with there's a rabble in the streets the guy who like a landlord or someone who works for his landlord has come in to claim rent or evict people and there's a bit of a scuffle and an old man is knocked down and badly injured turns out he is tom cruise's dad uh tom cruise plays a character called joseph so his dad is dying because he got severely knocked on the head he's got two older brothers who like to roughhouse him so this is recurring thing in the movie where someone wants to fight him and he goes I'm not going to do the accent I can't do an Irish accent it's like I, I don't want to fight you and then just as a big punch you couldn't uh, do it worse a- <laughs> give it a shot I don't care no, give it a gonna- I think I I'm could not- do it worse than Tom Cruise to be honest um- <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to fight you <laughs> yeah that's it oh wow and my favorite thing about the opening is just how over the top their wrestling matches. So he's trying to tend a field, this donkey, and it's going really badly. And it's like, it's slapstick humor. Like he's like, whoa, and falls down. And then all everything falls out of his basket. And then the donkey runs away and it's ridiculous. Did you find that the the humor, did you find, while well, we're talking about it, the humor was like somewhat misplaced a lot of the time. Yes. It was like they were trying to make farce out of nothing. And it was a bit forced. I found. Oh yeah, it was student. just, well, the thing that made me like, so Ben and I, Ben didn't watch the whole movie because he got a bit bored and went to bed. But we were watching that. And he's like, what the hell was that sound effect? So there was one part where Joseph gets a kick in the balls and it's like a douche. And then there's like a punch. It's like, like it's like proper post-production sound effects, like a comment, like a cartoon. And it's so over the top and ridiculous. Yeah. And I, it, it was weird, especially for a film that's it was meant to be serious, meant to, meant to be a serious film. Like what? Yeah. Yeah. Why, why have those kind of like Looney Tunes sound effects? They might as well mm. have had like pow, thwack from Batman, you know, when they're before <laughs> yeah. all that sort of business. Um, so the dad ends up dying. Uh, there's a little thing, which I only mentioned because it happened again later in the movie where everyone's sad because he dies and the brothers are immediately like well he's bloody left us with all his debt which sucks and joseph's like how dare you our dad's just died and then the dad wakes up like i don't yeah, know why yeah. they th- we're meant to think that he's died and like it seems like he just fell asleep but no it's apparently he died and woke up again and was like no i'm yeah. back and i'm here to tell you you're a weird lad but basically make sure you have land land is everything like he actually says mm, that was another that was a super odd without land a man is nothing is what he actually says before he dies Yes. Talk about foreshadowing. <laughs> so <laughs> th- I found that to be another scene like we were talking about where it becomes really apparent that they just don't know where to put the humor in and they play scenes for laughs. Like that whole scene where his dad was dying, that was played for laughs almost. Like the, when he came back to life. And as you said, you know, he, he goes, um, you're a weird lad or you're not lad. And Tom Cruise is like, you came back to life. 
just to tell me I was odd. It's like, why are you trying to make comedy out of like a father's death scene? It was so badly considered. Mm. I think it was a bad judgment. It um, it kept going. That was like a motif throughout the whole film. Yeah, just uh, I think they were trying to make it a light comedy. And like, oh, this ain't it. I'm sorry. No, there's certain moments. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he dies uh, during the funeral procession. A man who I forgot to write down who the actual actor's name is, but it's the guy who played Dharma and Dharma and Greg. Who's oh no there. way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh, so yeah, got it. Yeah. <laughs> he comes and he's like, whose funeral is this? And basically he knows that it's the dad and he's says, he's been warned thrice that he hasn't paid his rent. And as they're trying to go down and bury the old man, uh, they used to burn down the sod hut. was like, cause he hasn't paid rent, which is fucking rough. Like, yeah, it was, wasn't it? Like he rides up during the funeral, they're carrying a coffin and he puts the deed of eviction on the coffin and then goes back and burns the house down. It's like, okay, I get it. You're trying to make, out that the bad guy is bad but nobody's that cold that's just no, that's in real life like that's just it's like pantomime disney villain type of stuff mm. so joseph is like well i'm going to kill christy who is the, the landlord uh what's his name uh it is daniel christie he's like i'm going to kill him for what he's done to my family and i don't blame him uh it seems like he doesn't have much options it's like he can go the dirt poor now they've got no house and land so uh he goes to some other old fella gets a gun from him as he's leaving to go on this mission which very quickly just happens like he's immediately like go get gun leave i'm gonna go shoot the landlord uh everyone's on the street like clapping and cheering and like yeah bloody get him kill him which yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> yeah go and shoot the landlord Woo. yeah and brothers are there like still ribbing him and like don't shoot yourself in the face you idiot which you know we are already covered is what happens <laughs> um <laughs> as he on his way he's always he's almost at his destination and he stops at a pub a rich old guy comes in talking about how dull and dreary his life is and he wishes he could have something exciting or interesting happening and everyone in the pub calls him christy and joseph's like oh my god this is him talk about the luck and he's obviously infuriated that this man who has ruined his family is talking about how dull his life is and fair enough like oh poor little rich boy like doesn't get to drink because his wife told him not to and so his life is so meaningless and boring he ends up following him so Christy goes heads home really pissed walking his horse home and Joseph follows him and more comedy shit where he's like lining up his gun and then the donkey is like just bolts and knocks him over and he's like this is a difficult murder (laughs) Literally, (laughs) he follows. (laughs) He keeps following him and sees his big mansion, like you know, the kind of place like Downton Abbey kind of level giant home. He ends up sleeping in the barn because it's you know very very late or very very early. I'm not sure. And he's woken up by the next character, Shannon, which is played by uh, Nicole Kidman, Tom Cruise's wife in real life. So he's having a little spy on her in the barn. She her mum's yelling at her for being uh, dishonorable or whatever, or not being civilized because of the way she rides mm. her horse. Uh, setting up that Shannon doesn't like this stuffy rich Irish lifestyle and yearns to be a mm. modern woman. She's like a wealthy rebellious. Yeah. Yes. Oh, one thing I found. I was reading about apparently if you were a wealthy Irish landowner like the Christie family were you wouldn't have had an Irish accent you probably would have sounded more English but when they were being voice coached they're like the audience would be confused about that so they gave her a like a educated Dublin accent apparently oh uh, yeah right yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's she actually mm. to me mostly just sounded English like I didn't hear much Irish in her voice at all yeah I think they call it received pronunciation or something like that um, yeah it's interesting but well done to them for going to that level of detail Detail. I'm like yeah, I guess. Tom, 
<laughs> Tom just kind of did whatever. He says, ah, this is what an Irishman sounds like. I'll do this. Fiddly <laughs> 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 dee potatoes. <laughs> But it's like when I pretend to be a leprechaun, that sounds like that's kind of what he sounds like he's doing. Like, what? How do you pretend to be a leprechaun, Gara? You know, the, the Simpsons leprechaun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sort of thing. It's a, this is why Tom Cruise only did has done one movie with an accent. Like, uh, yeah. I think. Oh, my God. Is that the only one? He has right. kind of a posh voice in Interview with the Vampire. And I think mm, he, has a, mm. he has a bit of a southern voice in American Made. Like, otherwise just he's just yeah American. yeah, yeah. He, got, he got he got burnt by this yeah, he figured that out yeah. pretty quickly yeah <laughs> the whole of ireland laughs <laughs> yeah oh yeah we did oh my i don't think anyone went nobody went in ireland they were like we're not watching that awful gobshite doing that accent <laughs> <laughs> oh dear and fair enough because it's yeah it's not that not a good enough movie to justify what listening to that accent. She hears him and she like he's watching her and she's like airing herself out because she's got all the big skirts and the big pantaloons and everything. And she's like, after a ride, she's airing herself out. She hears something and he thinks he's gotten away by being really quiet, but then a big fucking pitchfork comes through the wall, nearly stabs him in the head. Uh he comes out, there's a confrontation, and she yep, stabs him in the thigh with the giant pitchfork mm. and just starts hollering for her father. He comes limping out, just comes limping out announces his plan to kill christy for what he did to his family uh the gun in fact the shitty piece of crap gun backfires and hilariously blows him backwards and makes his face all black just like a cartoon <laughs> donald duck um, if he had a beak it would have been on backwards <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> I guess because they like there's a sense of honor uh, duty where they have to a duty of care where they have to get him back to back to into good health so that he can then be hung for I don't know existing and not hurting yeah. anyone wasn't wasn't that weird they didn't you know hand him over to the police or the authorities they went no put him into bed we'll kill him in the morning <laughs> what <laughs> The mother who's dressing his wounds tells Shannon to turn around so that she can tend to his thigh. And so of all the things to cover up a man's (laughs) penis, she chooses a big ceramic bowl, big like, yeah, yeah, just a massive one of those bowls you must wash yourself in uh, back then. It was like empty the potato salad out of that bowl. We'll put it on his dick. Uh, weird it was so weird shannon is intrigued because she's obviously never had much to do with a man because she's not allowed to show her ankles even to her own fucking mother so <laughs> she she has a spy under the under the bowl and apparently i read that ron howard didn't like her reaction the first time they did it so he made sure tom cruise was was actually uncovered and so that when they film her that's her genuine reaction because she wasn't expecting to have his dick there um <laughs> which is absolutely fine because they're married and that would have been any other any other situation that would have been fucked but they're married so i think that's fine (laughs) he like she's having a spy he wakes grabs her and says i want my land back and i don't know what happens there he passes he either passes back out again and the mother comes back in and she plays oh nothing happened here mother um (laughs) we we then have the lady ladies over for tea who are all a flutter because of everything that's happened to the family in the last few hours and they're all asking all these questions so they're all completely scandalized we then see a man called stephen chase who we recognize as the man who came and burnt down their hut while they were burying their father he has come in so he says to the ladies 
how you know he works for the Christies and he actually manages all they talk about how he manages all their affairs yeah even though they're the landhold owners and everything he's the one who does all the dirty work of evicting and everything like that so he is the bad guy in this but also like or one of the bad guys but also like he is just also doing his job maybe he's just doing his job really meanly I'm not sure but he turns up to take Joseph they get into a scuffle um because Joseph pulls him out of set out of bed actually no before they have a scuffle <laughs> Shannon is asked to play piano by her mum and she's like no and the mum's like oh my goodness uh Stephen convinces her to do it so she plays a song which I didn't note down what the song's called but I recognized it because it's from Beetlejuice yeah. Moonlight Sonata yes <laughs> yeah that was the one yeah when um yeah. Lydia's yeah. writing like her suicide note uh that's the song that plays but then she starts playing a jaunty song which she calls band music and all the women nearly faint because jaunty music is obviously <laughs> too much <laughs> it's like do covenant playing like nine inch nails or like <laughs> ramstein or something <laughs> dun, 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 dun. yeah they were like what is this racket yeah that's a yeah, equivalent <laughs> like the word the most heavy metal song they've ever heard <laughs> <laughs> joseph stumbles down the steps and that's when he argues with steven he knocks down steven at one point uh, which is pretty impressive for someone who's been like mm. very badly wounded and yes. then spits in his gives him a big spit in the face which obviously steven is not impressed about he's like that's it pistols at dawn which i was like that's an odd thing i've also read that apparently that is very very far-fetched because why would someone of status mm. even though yeah, he's not yeah. that high, a lord or anything do that to like the poorest scummiest person he's ever seen so yeah, yeah he, he wouldn't yeah. have demeaned himself yeah like right that. yeah that's only between gentlemen i guess or between two mm. people of equal nobility they wouldn't yeah they just kill him basically yeah, yeah. just shoot him there and then yeah it makes sense yeah <laughs> but yeah they still they still end up going to have the uh pistols at dawn which I don't want to actually have pistols at dawn, but I do like the idea of like throwing my glove at someone and like, <laughs> having some sort of duel. <laughs> just, just taking off a glove and slapping them in the face. Psh, yeah. That'd be fun. Pistols at dawn. Well, that's a whole Simpsons episode where Homer kept doing that and then someone actually took him up on it. So that still that night, he's limping around his room using a chair to get around. Shannon, uh, actually, like a ladder pops up and it's Shannon and she uh, comes in because she needs to get something out of the room and she admits that she's planning to run away and she shows him this like flyer kind of thing about free land being given away in the US. She talks about how, you know, it's a dream. She's a modern woman. She needs to go to the US because that's a modern place where she can have land and she can ride her horse however she likes. He makes fun of her, like for thinking, having the audacity, basically. She asks him to come with her. So it's like, I saw how you fought for yourself. You could be a benefit to me and you could be my serving boy. And he like just yells at her to leave because no thanks. Um, <laughs> well, can I know? <laughs> Maybe I could make you a cup of tea. Oh, yes, you could yeah. make me a cup of tea. <laughs> oh, lovely. That'd be grand. And I could fetch your slippers. <laughs> that was the only time they were playing a scene for laughs and it actually worked. I was kind yeah. of, um, I was I was quite entertained. I think Tom, Tom played that scene quite comedically there. He's not known for his comedy, but he did a good job. I liked it. Mm. They have the jewel. They end up having the jewel. Christy, so the landlord who seems actually to be a fairly nice man. Who obviously apart from burning. Like, apart from like. As is down. Although, sorry, the dad, yeah. Yeah, 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 the dad, yeah. That was played for, uh, for laughs as well, the way he was like walking through the fog with him going, now what you need to do is, and he's coaching him through the jewel, and then yeah. suddenly the guy's like, and that's the 11 paces or whatever, Oh, and then he just runs off really quickly. <laughs> it's like, it was funny, actually. It was it was a good bit of slapstick, but it's like, again, the, the humor 
surrounding really serious moments of life or death. I found that really weird. Yeah, yeah. it is weird. Throughout the whole movie, yeah. Yeah, yeah. just as they're about to shoot, like, it's all foggy, so they can't see. Just as they're about, to, they're meant to shoot. Shannon comes racing in on a horse and carriage and sweeps him up, and basically, yeah, they head off to head to America together. They're on a boat, they're on the big ship, and he's forced to be her her serving boy, and he hates every minute of it. He, like, he hates wearing a tie, he hates his, pours a cup of tea, she's like sugar, and like has to try and deal with a fucking little tiny tongs and sugar cubes, and yeah, not his thing at all. A man called McGuire, who actually lives in America, has a chat to her, they have a stroll together, and he starts, you know, they ask him about the land run and all that sort of stuff. He explains it all. Now it's mm. literally a race to go get mm. your land in Oklahoma, and yep, it's free if you can get it. Mm. And had you heard of this before? The, the I don't think I had. I don't yeah. think I had when I first watched this movie. And I think I did a bit some reading up on it afterwards. Yeah. And Same. It, it mostly made me angry because yes. I'm like, it's just, just free land. No one owns this land. Like, yeah, you know, now it's like, yeah, well, actually, it's it belongs to the Native Americans, you know. That that's the crazy thing. Irish people know not to do that. Like, we've had our land taken away from us. It was weird that these Irish people who'd had their land taken away went to America and took some other people's land. Yeah, just not even not even a little bit of thought about, well, does this belong to no one? Yeah. Or because they, you know, when we get to the end, we do see Native American people there kind of watching in Western sort of clothing and everything. But like, yeah, it's like, oh boy, not yeah. not a good time. It's a weird piece of history, yeah. So Maguire is like, anything's possible if you've got money. And she's like, well, my money comes in the form of spoons. Can <laughs> I, I don't know what to do with the spoons. And he's like, no worries, I'll help you. I'll find help you find somewhere to sell them really reputable. Basically, spoiler, he goes to nick the spoons, uh, gets off the boat. She's like, oh, Maguire, you're here to help me. And he's like, oh, yes, help you. But before he gets a chance, <laughs> to actually rip her off or anything to some other people come up and go Maguire and just who obviously had previous dealings with him and just shoot him dead in the street all her the spoons go flying that he had concealed in his waistcoat and obviously all the street urchins nick all the spoons and she's just fucking beside herself because she realizes that she's been had but also she's been had again because all her spoons are gone someone tries <laughs> to steal her suitcase meanwhile Joseph they sort of already said goodbye to each other and he was going to go off and do his own thing he comes running back as soon as she hears, he hears her screaming gets the suitcase back and then he kind of takes charge of the situation because she is fucking useless he immediately goes to find they say he's like the ward of the area so the community of Irish immigrants who live in this part of Boston he kind of looks looks after them all is what I was kind of getting from his position so he takes Joseph under his wing the only reason why Shannon who is clearly a very wealthy woman isn't you know cast out or harmed or anything is because he lies and says oh she's my sister yeah Kelly takes him under his wing and basically finds him a place to live they get a room to rent in a whorehouse which she is absolutely appalled at that fact she it's a whorehouse obviously and also that she has to share with the, a virtual stranger but don't really have a choice yeah so joseph kind of gets some some shelter really quickly thanks to this guy kelly who is played by what's his name colmini yes that's from it from star trek the next generation i kept going oh my god it's what was that character who wore the yellow shirt i can never remember anyway he's in yeah, a million him. things yeah he he, he's a big rowdy irish fella like you first see him and he's doing some bare knuckle boxing and that, like that typical kind of Irish pose you see in all those tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> the fighting Irish. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> While he's talking to him before they get the room in the house, the men there start harassing Shannon, like trying to lift up her skirts and she's 
freaking out and Joseph comes to her rescue and just fucking bare knuckle boxes the shit out of him which Kelly sees and is like hmm I think there's potential in this boy so yeah they get jobs plucking chickens it's disgusting work obviously and Shannon you know is not used to being bossed around and the boss there is this rank dude who keeps spitting between his teeth it's really gross and like she keeps docking her pay every time she mouths off to him much to Joseph's horror also at the same time the Christie we, we go back to the Christie's Shannon has been writing to the father in secret so the poor mum has been sitting there like well my daughter's probably dead this sucks and he's like ah yeah she wanted to be secret but she's been writing to me she's in Boston and she's having a real shit time while they're talking about this the angry peasants come and burn the house down because they're sick of all the rent and the evictions and everything which is a shame because it was a beautiful house but also uh, living on the backs <laughs> of everyone else's labor like <laughs> yeah after the house burns down they're like well cut our losses let's go to America and find our daughter so we know now that they're heading over to the US too like we could go into so much detail because a lot happens like how he teaches her how to wash clothing and he teaches her how to be a commoner like him uh but Mm. basically we see them through their interactions that they are starting to have feelings for each other but they will never admit it like the audacity of either of them liking people above or below their station kind of thing there's a little bit where she's changing and he can see her side boob and then when he's not looking she turns around and can see his bum crack and they're like Uh, (laughs) at one point she just turns around to him and goes am I beautiful like do you think I'm beautiful and he quite honestly for the first time says I've never seen anything like you in all my living life and she's like good and then turns around and he's like oh I'm so fucking horny what am I gonna do about this (laughs) he literally gets up and runs away and starts bare knuckle fist fighting for money to get his aggression out turns out he's really good at it because you know he's been punching up on with his brothers for so long and probably in pubs and everything and yeah he wins that first bout Kelly's like hell yes you you can fight for me from now on you're wonderful he meets a burlesque they call it Burly Q, which I hmm. guess was burlesque. They weren't actually sex workers themselves. They were just girls who danced in those old timey kind of bodice, short skirt kind of outfits and had nickels thrown at them and everything. Uh, something I was going to look into is what Burly Q is and if it differs from burlesque hmm. or, or stripping or whatever. Shannon is very jealous because Grace, this Burly Q girl, takes him home, just furthering the fact they are falling for each other. But he, she's also very impressed that he made an entire month's worth of wages of plucking chickens in one night, which is a lot because they need like $50 I think, to get what they need to actually head out to Oklahoma for the land race. So we have a montage of Joseph fighting. Uh, he's really good at it and he becomes like a local celebrity by doing all the fight, all this uh, bare knuckle fist fighting. He then makes the mistake of instead of saving his money for like, like he kind of forgets about that and decides to buy lots of nice suits and fancy hats, which he seems to think might impress Shannon a little bit, which they don't because she's kind of going the opposite way. Like he's becoming fancier and she's becoming becoming more of a commoner like they go to a shop and there's like this beautiful dress in the window which I found out was the same dress that from Back to the Future 3 when they go what's her name uh the woman wears the purple dress anyway she it's from Back to the Future it's actually that same costume and some hoity-toity rich people come out and she's like oh even the pool's putting on airs they're kind of reversing their positions now which is kind of interesting so, so that was the actual same costume that was worn in Back to the Future yeah that purple dress yeah oh wow yeah because 
it, that was 1990 that movie yeah yeah this is 1992. yeah because yeah. I, I looked at it and i'm like that does look familiar and as soon as i read that i'm like of course mm. it is like it's probably made in the wow. same wow yeah the Easter egg yes a nice little Easter egg joseph uh is also he's been introduced to mr burke which he's like a local bigwig i forget what his actual position was but he asks him to fight in this big fight with an italian man obviously pitting immigrants against each other is great sport for americans i don't know but joseph doesn't really give a shit about like his you know kiss ass for anyone and kind of insults mr burke and kelly warns him that like you need to not do that anymore because everything you have is because of me and i can take it away like mm. on a whim so yeah be careful and obviously joseph feels a bit uh, upset about that but also it's true like he we, would be nowhere he would be dead on the street if it wasn't for kelly unfortunately shannon at this point gets drunk i'm not sure why exactly i think she's just jealous like she's mad at joseph for being a fancy boy and talking oh because he's always talking about how much money he makes and everything so she's pissed off she gets drunk joseph has a crack at her they have a big fight uh he ends up just picking her up and hurling her into a bath the one bath for the whole hall has to share which is a time the fight doesn't really resolve very well and she just locks slams the door locks him out and all the sex workers in the whole house are like why don't you just fuck her and get her over and done with and he's like oh, she's my sister and they're like mm, is she everyone in the whole house knows that they are not related and have the big fucking hots for each other so big fight night it's time for the irish guy to fight the italian guy except joseph hasn't turned up because apparently shannon didn't come home from her shift at the chicken plucking factory and he's freaking out a little bit the little i know urchin who came who's come to collect him is like don't worry shannon she's there she's already at the social club he races there turns out she had an absolute gut full of him talking about how much money he makes and she's decided to find a more prosperous stream of revenue for herself which is being in the belly queue and even though he was kind of trying to woo the or that she was trying to woo him brace the belly queue girl he is absolutely appalled that shannon would debase herself like that and like throws his shirt on her and is like trying to get her down and she's like get fucked if, you know if you can bare knuckle fist fight strangers then i can dance for some fucking nickels <laughs> so he's like he's basically saying he doesn't want to fight he's trying to get her home old mate mcguire and kelly are like you have to fight i have 200 dollars riding on this if you win i'll split the winnings with you which is a lot of money like even 200 dollars now if someone was like if you punch someone in the face for 200 dollars i'd be like oh i'll think about it yeah <laughs> let alone for them which is probably thousands and thousands of dollars so yeah they they end up having the fight except the italian man's a really big guy and i think I don't know if Tom Cruise, I didn't really read anything about this, if Tom Cruise learned how to box. I assume so, because that's the kind of actor that Tom Cruise is. But he seems to be doing a good job of fake fighting. But however, in this fight, he ends up getting the shit beaten out of him because he gets distracted because Maguire, who earlier expressed interest in Shannon, calling her a strawberry tart, and he starts hassling her. So, you know, that whole foul masculinity thing of I must protect that weak woman, even though it's to my detriment kind of thing, uh, kicks in for him. He he ends up losing the fight because he gets distracted and Kelly's just like get him out of my club like we lost so much money uh, he wakes up on the street to some more commotion and it turns out the Christie's have obviously arrived in Boston because he sees Stephen oh mate yeah Dub from Dharma and Greg asking for <laughs> Shannon and uh, the locals are all like absolutely taking the piss out of him like I think we found her and then they get this like old crone out he's like <laughs> hello dearie <laughs> which is pretty funny he runs away before Stephen can see him because obviously he's like I don't want to betray Shannon to this guy her suitor and her family if she doesn't want to be which is what, how I interpreted it. He runs away and that's the first example of Tom Cruise running which is not very good Tom Cruise running in this particular <laughs> scene. 
just him <laughs> drunkenly stumbling down. No. <laughs> yeah, he runs home and Kelly's there with Shannon. They've taken all their money. And so that's what you owe me for fucking up that boxing match, which is feels a bit rough like you know you've done all this work that's you know literally mm. like backbreaking, face breaking work and mm. you lose one match and you're like well all your money's mine now yeah it did seem a bit over the top pantomime just for one match like mm. surely it gives somebody three chances or whatever but yeah one match after winning so many and as yeah. you said you know face and back breaking work and also like it's yeah like why did you put $200 on this match like I know he's won all these matches before but yeah it just seemed like they were asking for a bit of trouble because mm. you know after 100 fights he's bound to lose one so they kick him out Kelly even says to the the madame of the whorehouse like I will burn the place down basically if you even let them stay one more night they turn out into the streets and yeah we just have them on the streets uh begging for scraps like they haven't eaten in days it's now winter it's snowing i can imagine a boston winter would be fucking horrendous they are kind of at their wits end because they have no shelter no food no nothing so they end up breaking into a mansion and finding some food uh shannon is looking wistfully at all the beautiful things that she used to have herself and now no longer does and he is kind of like oh why don't you just sit down and pretend we live here and they sit down and talk about oh imagine that we were married and we we actually loved each other and this is our home and isn't that nice and then they have a, they have their first big smooch which I feel like maybe it's a thing of the time but also like good on them for holding on to all that fucking sexual tension for like I think they're there for like six months or something like that's <laughs> that's why he went out fist fighting because oh my god um that's <laughs> it's almost as long as Scully and Mulder <laughs> That's right. So yeah, they they finally have their big smooch, but their mansion wasn't, you know, empty as it turns out. All the people came home or something. Uh, They hear the door open, they try to run out and the owner of the house shoots at them as they leave and he actually ends up shooting Shannon in the shoulder. Very, very conveniently, Joseph manages to find where the Christies live. Like, I don't know if he just wanders and he just goes into the richest street and just starts knocking on doors. But the way they shot it is like, he's yelling for help. Everyone ignores him. And the first door he knocks on happens to be the Christie's house. Stephen answers the door and berates the shit out of him for everything he's done, which is kind of fair enough because all he sees is like these two fucking ragamuffins coming in and she's been shot. Joseph just goes like, okay, I'm just going to leave her here. Obviously I'm no help and just is like, this is where she needs to be and she'll hopefully survive. And yeah, that's it. That's kind of the end of those two possibly being together or so it seems. Um, oh, we ought to see another Tom Cruise has a nice big run. He actually has a good proper <laughs> run in this bit. Like he's like running away from his feelings I guess <laughs> we cut forward to eight months later it's in the Ozark Mountains Joseph is working on the transcontinental railway line uh, so that's the big railway line that I think stretches across like from Boston all the way across America I mean that's what transcontinental means so yeah Durkar he like as he's working he keeps daydreaming about that smooch he had but, like it's eight months later and he's still daydreaming about that kiss which is a bit sad <laughs> the daydream becomes a little bit sexier where she's like kind of seducing him he also dreams about his dad and the conversation he had on his dad's deathbed which was um, about the land stuff and also uh, how land is a man's own soul and he's kind of like oh yeah that was the whole point of coming here was to find land and now I'm just kind of busting my ass on this railroad making shit money kind of thing he sees a wagon train and luckily thanks to uh, exposition someone's like well isn't it the old wagon train going to Oklahoma for the land run and like oh thank god <laughs> how would we have known uh, so he jumps off the train and decides to join the caravan to 
go get his land. He signs up for the land run. He buys a piece of shit horse because he's there quite late and he runs into Shannon. Shannon is back up and walking so her gunshot didn't kill her thankfully. A nice little moment where she teaches her mum to do laundry. It's like she's, her mum's doing the dainty laundry thing like she was and she's like, no, you got to fucking dunk and scrub it mum. And the mum's like, oh, I can't believe we're here. The dad though, having a fucking ball. So all the boredom he felt in Ireland, being like rich and bored and not having anything to do, he's like, oh, a sense of adventure. I love it. Um, <laughs> which is great for him. Not so great for everyone else by the looks of it. Stephen is, so obviously they're still betrothed to each other, Stephen and Shannon. Stephen comes up and is like, oh, I found the perfect bit of land with this uh, bit of water going through. So at some point, maybe when they're in the mansion, they were talking about what did you imagine your land was going to be like? And he said, oh, I imagine, she's like, oh, I imagine all this beautiful long grass. And he's like, I imagine a beautiful stream through it. And they're like, oh, wouldn't those two bits of land work really nice together? So when Stephen's like, oh, I sussed out some land, he describes the land exactly as mm. they had kind of fantasized about. So we know where this is going. Joseph ends up going, approaching her, says hi. She's a little bit cold to him. <laughs> and possibly my favorite line in this movie is like, he's like trying to be reassuring, even though she's being very cold to him. And he just leaves and he's like, you're a corker, Shannon. And then just kind of walks off like that. <laughs> I don't know. Is that an Irish thing? Thing Irish people say to each other? Like- ah, you're a corker. <laughs> See you later. Which was it? Tom Cruise said that. Yes. You're a corker. That's so weird, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> It's so, I don't, I don't know, I, like, yeah. he hadn't done a lot of, like, really <laughs> Irishy, you know, he had his bad Irish accent. But, yeah, just every now and then he would just drop a real over-the-top kind of Irish stereotype yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, top that. of the morning. <laughs> oh, gosh, and Bagara. <laughs> That's exactly what it was like. Stephen notices their interaction and confronts him. Is like, be careful, people get shot in the Great Land Run, so don't you mess with my fucking wife-to-be, you idiot. I think Joseph's kind of realised, ah, oh, what we had was nice, but... It's done now. I'm going to get my land like I promised my dad I would and move on with my life. The land run happens. Oh, he, oh, that's right. He has a bit of a drunken moment where he's kind of complaining about losing her. And when he goes outside, his horse is just dead, just has fucking died where it was standing. An old time has come by and goes, that was the oldest horse I've ever seen. <laughs> and so he ends up having to get the only other horse available, which they said was his green broke. So he had, I don't know if it means he hasn't been broken. Basically a very wild, very beautiful young stallion who just kicks and screams. So when the next day when they're doing the land, everyone's getting ready at the waiting line for the land run. His horse is just cutting sick, is just fucking bucking, knock everyone over. And even like Stephen has a bit of a joke about maybe you should just get on your donkey. Shannon sees him and kind of just whispers to him like, grab him by the bit, which I don't know if you were as angry about this as I was. He doesn't take her advice. Instead, he says, I don't want to hit you and then punches the horse in the face. That's how he calms his horse down. It's- yeah, not sure about punching horses in the face. Hopefully it was I, a trick of the camera. I believe mm-hmm. it was It was uh, yeah. not actually punching the horse in the face. But also, do you think yeah. maybe your horse might <laughs> kick you in the face and run away? Yeah. <laughs> I, I would be less, as a horse, less likely to do what I was told after I was punched in the face. I would be less likely to help out. Also, they're obviously playing it for lot. Back in, I guess, 1992, mm. where we didn't care about animals welfare I guess but like they're playing it for laughs like <laughs> it's a throwback to like I don't want to punt I don't want to hurt you and then he immediately yeah. socks mm. something like that's not funny like that's another one of those dumb things that's not actually funny but they hammed it up for laughs yeah anyway 
Anyway, the race starts, everyone's running. Meanwhile, Shannon's parents, the Christies, have also set up a devious plot to cheat. So they've already snuck off and found the land they want. And then mm. she's going to breathlessly put her stake in, like her flag in, and he's mm. running the horses around to make them look puffed, which they end up oh, getting wow. away with, which is infuriating. Yeah, apparently they did that in real life as well. They were called Sooners. And the Sooners would go in and um, stake out bits of land before the race started. And some got away with it. So that, that was a, a factual historical thing. Which is mm, wild cheeky. because they are also very, very rich. Like even after their house burned down, I assume they were still very, very rich mm. based on the house they were living in in Boston. Like, and then they're just like, oh, we're just going to fucking cheat and steal this land as well. Anyway, don't like the Christies. They can fuck off. Yeah, the race happens. There's a whole lot of commotion. Like people are tumbling off horses. For some reason, people are taking their full carts with all their possessions on this run as well, which doesn't seem like a great idea. I don't know. Like, should you just have one of you on a horse racing out for the best chance of getting some land? I don't know. Maybe because they would have to leave the women and the children behind and that wasn't the done thing. I don't know. Fucking carts are tumbling. Horses are falling everywhere. There's a guy in a penny farm. Thing. I you see right. that guy? It just goes over the handlebars straight away. It's like, what were you thinking? Riding a penny the, farthing across a field. Hits the first rock and goes fucking flying. Yeah. Like, you can't <laughs> ride them properly yeah. on a straight flat bit of concrete. Like, good luck right. with your fucking... <laughs> you might as well be on a unicycle or something. Just daft. I don't know whether it was supposed to be funny. If it wasn't, it was it unintentionally was. very funny. <laughs> I think it was, but I don't think it was for the reason that they thought uh, it was going to be. <laughs> Suddenly it's turned into the wacky races. Yes, <laughs> Because right. everyone was just fucking immediately tumbling. Like, for yeah. no reason, there's just people flipping off horses and <laughs> everything. <laughs> it was wild. Yeah. Even though, I mean, I don't know if the, the punching of the horse or what, but Joseph's horse is very, very fast. And he looks like, a, the way they're filming it, all the horses look like they're running fast. And that horse is fucking pelting it. And I think at this point, Tom Cruise maybe wasn't very, was quite new to riding horses because he wasn't riding that horse. Like, I don't know how you ride horses, but the way he was holding his arms and everything, it looked really oh, yeah, awkward. Yeah. Yeah. That, was, that was the kind of the equivalent of running for that movie wasn't it just him riding a horse really fast yes. as yes. fast as he could it would have been great if they had more callbacks to Back to the Future 3 and then like suddenly Marty McFly went by in a hoverboard just behind everyone <laughs> do 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 that would have been, been so good <laughs> they might as well it was already ridiculous yeah, it was already so fucking over the top it would have been that out of place he ends up he sees Shannon and Stephen going towards this land that has already been sussed out he starts following them he's caught up on them really quickly they go down this like really steep hill she tumbles off into the stream and for someone who wants to be this like someone who was fairly capable while they're living in Boston is like floundering around and being like Stephen I've fallen help me Stephen goes back and is kind of annoyed at her for holding them back which is when Joseph turns up there's a bit of a scuffle They he knocks Stephen off his horse and is like you're not in Ireland anymore and takes <laughs> off and she's like go 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 get your land don't worry about us uh, he does he um, chases he keeps going off and finds this beautiful bit of land like has the, the water running through it it's just an oasis like it looks like the most perfect bit of land in the world I feel like maybe it wouldn't I mean, I guess if you're doing it for, you want the water to have cows and stuff. I don't know. I also don't know how big the bits of land are. Did you see how big the land was? I think it's 160 square meters. That doesn't seem that Is big. that? No. Maybe it was bigger. Mm, not sure. Anyway, so he gets it. And for some reason, he hesitates in putting his flag up. And then Stephen comes barreling down. And then, like, there's another fucking scuffle for some reason. And he gets knocked down. And Stephen's horse rolls, just fucking crushes him. And he hits his mm. head on a rock. And and there's some fucking terrible continuity here because at first his head's lying on the rock and then by the end he's like seven feet away from the rock. 
fuck? Just kind yeah, of, wow. Yeah. yeah, maybe Tom, maybe Tom was like, you know what? How long is this going to take? Because my head on the rock isn't working for me. Can we move this? Uh, maybe Seven we should have got the polystyrene one. Yeah, <laughs> perfect amount uh, of room. And uh, Shannon gives Stephen a big slap and tells him to leave. Obviously, goes to Joseph, who she's like, oh, I love him. I should have been with him this whole time. And he's like, oh, I feel myself dying. And it's basically almost word for word playing back to the father thing at the very start of the movie. Yeah. This time it's a bit more obvious that he he's meant to have died because when he I mean it looks to me like he passes out but the camera actually goes up it's as if he's having his out of body like his mm. soul is going to heaven or whatever and she's that's how you know behind. it's a crane shot yeah. yes as soon as you <laughs> see weird. the crane shot it's like ah yes the out of body experience she's like oh I can't believe you've died I loved you all this whole time I loved you from the first moment I saw you which is enough all of a sudden the crane shot reverses and goes back down he's like oh. <laughs> No, I'm alive. Who knew? Well, why didn't you say? <laughs> and I know they would have saved so much fucking t- trouble if they just like had a smooch when they were spying on each other's butt cracks and side boobs. But anyway, they have a big smooch and they dramatically, because everyone's coming over the hill. I-, I don't know how fast they were going because it's been minutes and all of a sudden people are now catching up, but then they dramatically claim their land. And then the big swirling cursive text says the end. And that's the end of the movie. Oh, two hours and 15 minutes. Possibly one hour 15 too long the amount of plotting i think that could have worked as a one hour netflix special nowadays maybe but as you say there is a lot in it it's just does it all need to be in there mm. i don't know but um like this yeah. is a, just a start scene where like we introduced to the dad and the dad was suddenly dying and then we had to mm. be introduced to the, the weird relationship with the others he has with these brothers and then he's mm. going to go kill the landlord that yeah. happened in like five minutes and i was like writing my notes oh, that's like, true jesus christ like yes yeah, yeah, they, yeah they put too much fucking narrative in and then top heavy yeah, yeah. largely unnecessary mm-hmm. yeah. um, I had a laugh when the when the um, credits rolled and there's like dialect coach and like <laughs> I hope you got laughed out of town my friend <laughs> that did make me chuckle as well Kara I have to admit <laughs> yes well they they needed either more or they needed to spend more time with that person or a better person for the dialect coach maybe just I mean they've re- I think they've realized that now but then you still see Americans playing Australians in movies like just get someone who if you can't get someone mm. who speaks that yeah. language or has that accent yeah then yeah, get yeah. someone who's good at accents right yeah Highlander's the worst because Sean Connery would have been asked to do that movie and he would have gone oh yeah Highlander is it uh, I'd obviously play the Highlander because I'm Scottish and they would have been like no 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 you play a Spaniard who grew up in Egypt actually what do I have to do all that as an action no just talk like you talk that's fine and uh, who's <laughs> playing the Highlander we've got a Belgian we've got a Belgian to play the Highlander a Belgian will he be doing a Scottish action no he's just going to talk like he talks too I think just <laughs> I think people generally give up on accents when it comes to movies because it's mm. just so much work if it's not your native accent it is a lot of work and it takes it, it doesn't always work like like for example do you remember robert downey jr did an aussie accent in natural born killers i think it's the only time he's done an accent he did he played an australian reporter no he did it in something else he did it in tropic thunder oh well he did do that one as well because he was playing a heath ledger style ca- yeah, character that's right yes 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 so he did an Aussie accent in Tropic Thunder as well. Mm, yeah. At the start. Yeah, yeah. Because it was better. The one in Natural Born Killers is, wow, it's just cringe. Right up the spine cringe. That level of cringe. <laughs> but I think it's generally, like you say, it's just so hard to get an accent if it's not your natural one. Or unless you've grown up with other people or lived in that place for a significant amount of time. It's I just feel like probably though, best avoided. How many English actors and Australian actors do American accents? I think that's different because of cultural imperialism. 
imperialism because that's the dominant culture True. i think it's okay because we we grow up on their movies tv shows we practically live their lives for hours a week um mm. and therefore i think we can because we kind of have lived there maybe not literally but electronically and media wise so i think that's okay because it, it's the dominant culture but americans doing any other accent it rarely works and like you said i think get somebody who was born there or who lives there just been there for two months or something like mm. Mm. yeah <laughs> anything yeah. anything's better than yeah okay mm. well that's the movie um sometimes i like to talk about the trivia the trivia wasn't that exciting in this movie when i looked at the goofs though on imdb it was just nothing apparently this movie was nothing but fucking continuity area errors yeah, i noticed a yeah. few myself my favorite one wasn't a continuity error but just real shit was um when joseph gets into a fist fight at the club at the very start of the movie in boston he knocks the other irish guy into some barrels and the barrels like because ben was like those barrels are just made of rubber. Did you see them bounce? Like the barrels don't crack open like they would in real life. They just fucking bounce away. Like, and just, yeah, this movie fucking wild. Like it just, I don't know what they were trying to do. Like Ron Howard's not some hack director either. It was, yeah. yeah. Right. He, he Ron Howard's great. He's one of the all-time greats. Good old, what's his name from Happy Days? Uh, Richie Cunningham. <laughs> Richie, <laughs> so yeah, bizarre. that's it. Yeah, but I think this was his attempt, this movie, to do a real John Ford type western because it did look amazing. Like it mm. looked incredible. I have to say that. Like every shot was beautiful, like a painting. And the shots in Ireland, the shots in Montana, double for Oklahoma, but those shots were extraordinary. Like mm. despite how unintentionally comical it was and how the original kind of concept is terribly horrible to the Native American people, that land grab scene it was pretty spectacular. Mm. And I'm I'm still curious about the penny farthing guy. Do you reckon his direction? was to fall off or did you, do you reckon they said to him just get as far as you can just just fang it and see how far you can get I hope that was it <laughs> yeah just, oh that's what I would have done and then just waiting for him to topple off and it just immediately happens wonderful yeah they didn't need to wait long <laughs> It was like, and roll, always gone. And it's a poor guy because apparently all the people, a lot of the extras in that were from a re massive recreationist, recreationist, I don't know how oh, you yeah. say that, uh, society. So he probably was like a genuine, he's like, I'm going to show them how good yeah. I am at a penny farthing and just fucking flying uh, yeah, yeah. off. <laughs> I've got my, I've got my all, all terrain tires fitted onto it. <laughs> It's going to happen. This is my day. Oh, three seconds. Well, Tom Cruise-isms for this movie, uh, not a lot. Like running, which we mentioned a couple of times. He has run twice properly in this movie. One is just him, like he's been bashed up really badly and sort of stumbles down the road. The second time he actually, when he runs away from the Christie's house after he's left Shannon there, he does like a proper, that proper Tom Cruise sprint, which I think is when, because in the, the 80s and then into the early 90s, he didn't have a Tom Cruise run. Like he was kind of just rang kind of, I don't know, if it was because of the characters is playing but yeah that was the first time I saw like the proper the arms pumping kind of run yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, I also think this is the last not really a Tom Cruiseism, but the last movie where Tom Cruise still had his monobrow because oh, I think yeah, right. the firm the firm came out the same year and he had mm. a nice his nice plucked eyebrows so yeah just mm. a little yeah. tidbit of uh, his uh, personal grooming um, I think it would have suited suited the era yes having no waxing what, or plucking I wonder what was the motivation like what happened to make Tom Cruise go no I got to start plucking my eyebrows like was there a mean article in like a newspaper and a magazine or something like yeah. when everyone else started plucking the eyebrows like because Brooke Shields yeah. had the bushy eyebrows and then they became yeah. yeah anyway I think about weird things like that a lot uh, other Tom Cruise-isms would be stunts there were little I guess like he did his own he was it did seem to be him doing all the fighting I did notice at the start when he's fighting his brothers he actually takes his massive tumble down the hill and that appeared mm. to be Tom Cruise doing that tumble uh, mm -hmm. a few different tumbles so yeah he 
I guess he did his own stunts. Not really Mission Impossible level of stunts, but still stunts nonetheless. Yeah. Oh, he did his, actually, it's a fairly new one. Tom Cruise getting drunk and having like a bit of a monologue. And that happened in this movie. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. That started to happen. And probably the only other one would be the Tom Cruise, like big cheesy Jerry Maguire kind of smile, which I don't think really (laughs) happened too much. He was too busy being cross at Shannon for much of that and having a hard life. So yeah, that's probably it for Tom Cruise-isms. And that just leaves us with rating the movie. So we're going to rate it out of five. Look, it was overly long and a little bit dull, but it was beautiful. I like Tom in it, even though the accent was cringe for quite a quite a big amount of the time. Nicole was great. Um, I thought the supporting cast were excellent. The cinematographer did an um, unbelievable job. The set designers did a great job with uh, all the backgrounds in Ireland and Boston. Uh, the horses did a great job. I would give them quite a high rating. The horses, there were 900 of them in the land grab scene. Yeah. So uh, look, the script was... It was like it was written for young adolescents. You know, it was that kind of like lame. The script was quite lame, I thought. Direction was fantastic for the most part, apart from hamming up serious moments for comedy value, (laughs) which was cringe as well. Overall, I would give this two potatoes. Nice. It was was one one and a half potatoes, but I rounded it up. No, that's fair enough. Uh, it's funny you say that. Uh, I feel very much the same way. Like I'm, I'm going to give it two as well. Yeah, I just feel like it was. It, it held my, it held my interest, but it's ne- never a movie I would have watched normally. Uh, right. Tom Cruise is like I kind, I kind of liked the chemistry between the two of them, Tom, Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman, which was you know real, I guess. Yeah, but otherwise, it's just too long and it got too silly in parts that didn't need to be silly. Like it should, I think it should have been either more serious or more light and funny. I don't know. But anyway, I'm. I'm going to give it two dicks under a big ceramic bowl out of five. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Second time, two in a row, dicks in my reviews. <laughs> oh, that could become the new thing, the new motif. <laughs> two dicks under a potato salad bowl emptied out upside down. <laughs> Uh, brilliant wonderful well uh, thank you for reviewing this fairly average movie with me I'm surprised that you hadn't seen it just so you could have paid out on the Mm. accents which apparently a lot of Irish people like to do Um, but it worked in my favour because we got to review Mm. it together yes it it was perfect perfectly done and we did we did float this idea probably over a year ago last time I think you were in Melbourne so I'm so glad we got to do it yes we did that's right awesome well um, Dave can you just let us know where we should find you online if anyone who doesn't know about your comedy or anything like that yeah sure i'll be i'm I'm quarantining at the moment for a couple of weeks in perth before i get out because i've just come from victoria and them's the rules but once i'm out i'll be performing uh live in perth in december back in melbourne in january if everything continues to clear up and then perth fringe world in uh, in february and online you can see me dave callan twit on twitter and dave callan on facebook and dave callan ig on instagram i'm pumping out a comedy video every week at the moment so check those if you feel like it thank you they have been wonderful that dragula one to that aerobics video my favorite because i watch that aerobics video all the time oh yeah 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 you were saying because you you used to be involved in i used to do aerobics like not not that intense but i used to love aerobic i mean my knees are too shot and i'm too lazy and unfit now but i used to do like proper aerobics and yeah so seeing you do that it was so good dave i absolute blast (laughs) so everyone should go check him out it takes a lot out of your aerobics because especially that level it's high impact a 
ladies championship level aerobics and I bit <laughs> off way more than I could chew but I decided I gotta I gotta see this through to the end and make it happen and I just kept going it was so much fun though some quality content I loved it as for me if you would like to find me on the internet it is Tom Cruise Reviews on Instagram Tom Cruise Review on Twitter no S on the end or my website's just TomCruiseReviews.com thank you so much again Dave for joining us and uh, hopefully my pleasure if things start changing I will hopefully visit you in Perth at some point I've been meaning to go visit Perth and you might be the kick in the pants I need to go yeah come over it's amazing it's great lots of outdoor activities and lots of aerobics nice all right then everyone thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you next time bye-bye